Before we begin our sermon this morning, I would just like to take a moment to personally say thank you to our church, to so many of you, all of your calls and texts and encouraging words as we've journeyed with my father through some of his ailments, illnesses that we have been in Birmingham and Dothan for, and he is at home recovering on IV for the next four weeks, and then we'll go to Birmingham for his heart surgery. And this is just a testament to me, a reminder of what it means to belong to a church, that you have a whole host of people who've never met my father. They're all praying for him and praying for me and praying for our family, that you are encouraging us and reaching out and supporting us. And when we belong to a church, we rejoice with each other. When we rejoice, we mourn each other, when we mourn and we journey with each other during life's challenges. And so I give thanks to be part of a church like that, a church that cares for one another, that supports one another. And I hope that you have found that place here too. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I don't know how well versed you are with the best practices for traversing the world wide web, but there's kind of a new golden rule for posting content or surfing the internet that I think is most helpful advice for anyone before venturing out into the new digital frontier. And that advice is this, don't read the comments. Don't, had you heard that phrase before? Don't read the comments. You might wonder what that even means. On platforms like YouTube or popular bloggers' websites, there are sections below the content where anyone can post their reflection on what was shared. On Facebook and Instagram, there are sections for comments below pictures and posts. On Twitter, you can quote a person or direct message to them. And the often in the news internet forum called Reddit is essentially a running thread of comments. The phrase, don't read the comments, can be used somewhat generally on all of these sites. And when I say this, don't read the comments, I do not mean that everyone who posts on the internet is posting hateful rhetoric or things you should avoid. Typically, there are people who post things about being engaged to be married, or someone says they're praying for your dad like so many of you have for me and my family. You should read those and feel their words of support and encouragement. Social media does have the potential to be a place where a community can come together to support and celebrate. But what I'm referring to is the often more present cacophony of negativity that seems to infect almost all corners of our digital lives. The level of vitriol and degradation that our sisters and brothers are willing to extol on one another, both to friends and strangers, is unbelievable. The mean-spirited responses to personal opinions or decisions, the bigotry, the hate, the vicious attacks of character, and all of those sorts of things. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in human history. And that might sound extreme. You might be thinking, no, we've always been like this. Technology is just now giving us a vehicle to show our true selves, to which I don't think that is true. I think we are in a new state of human relations unlike we have ever seen before. Because before today, we have never been able to communicate instantaneously without having some level of incarnational presence with the person we are in conversation with. 
Think about how many things you have read or said on the internet that you might not have ever said or can't imagine somebody else saying had they been face-to-face with another person. Before the rise of digital interactions, we were forced to account for our words and because we had to witness the impact they had on somebody else. We couldn't ignore what we said and how it affected someone because they were right there in front of us. You had to either choose to be empathetic or choose to ignore your empathy, but you could not ignore the fact that it was happening. Yes, there were phone calls, but at least on phone calls, you are engaged with the person's voice and could hear their tones and inflections. And in the case of letter writing, which to me is probably the second best form of communication, you you had time to thoughtfully work through a thoughtful response before sending it off. You didn't just clap back with the most immediate thing on your mind. I think this is changing our behavior Because we're now in an age where at any given moment, you can share your meanest, most hurtful thought with complete strangers. And they are forced to see it in real time and have to grapple with what we've said. And we never never have to feel any guilt or be held accountable for the potential harm our words cause. I hear from many in our society that we all have a collective lament about the rise in negativity and partisanship and in polarization. And as many of these things become even more prevalent, the thing Christ invites us all to do is to stop, pause, and imagine what the kingdom of God is like. Jesus spent the better part of his ministry trying trying to teach us about the kingdom of God. Almost all the things he says and does are all oriented around the kingdom of God. In our passage from Mark, he is doing that same thing as he is talking in parables, as he tends to do. And he says, the kingdom of God is like someone who just throws seeds on the ground. Not like somebody who is careful, who meticulously plans out the thoughtful spacing and the depths of the seeds. But more like if I were to start a garden and just kind of eyeball things, toss some seeds here and some seeds there, some landing on good soil, some landing on the sidewalk, some are right on top of each other, the carrots are planted in the lettuce and the radishes fall next to the sunflowers. And whatever is going to grow will grow and whatever doesn't won't. That's my type of planting just tossing things around all willy-nilly like type of garden that would drive my wife insane without the order and how things are supposed to be. But Jesus says that's what the kingdom is like. Like somebody who just tosses seeds out. And at the end of the planting season, you see what has grown and what has not, and you just take up what's there. And then he says, it's like a mustard seed. And we might all be familiar with the mustard seed story, right? You've heard before that you should have faith the size of a mustard seed because it can move mountains. But that's not what Mark says. In Mark, the mustard seed is not a placeholder for faith. The mustard seed is not something we possess. It's not something that if we don't have it, then we're not real Christians. The mustard seed in Mark is the kingdom of God. 
It is not possessed, but it is planted. It is given away to flourish. It is not something held on to to show someone's spiritual strength, but it's something that is invested outside of oneself. So the kingdom of God is given away at random with no discretion as to who should get it and who should not. And even in its most infinitesimal increments, it has the potential to spread like wildfire. So as I think about these parables and some of our problems today, the thing that seems to be most true is that evil and negativity and hate in this world can be overcome if we spread the seeds of the kingdom wherever we can, however small they may be. And it makes me think of a story my youth pastor, Leanne Boykin, used to tell. It goes like this. There was once a beach littered with starfish that had washed up on the shore. Maybe you've heard this story. And a man was standing on a sand dune, which you should not do. Don't stand on the dunes. It's against the rules. But he was up there, and he was looking down, and he saw on this star-studded beach a young boy walking and bending over and picking up a starfish and throwing it back in the water. And there's thousands of starfish. And he does this again and again. The young boy, he sees a starfish, he bends over, he picks it up, he throws it back in the water. And the man on the sand dune yells down to the boy. He says, what are you doing? It doesn't matter. You can't save them all. And the young boy bent over, picked up a starfish, looked up at the man on the dune, and he said, it matters to this one. And he threw it in the water. And then he went and bent over and picked up another starfish. And he looked at the man and he said, it matters to this one. And he threw it into the water. Planting the seeds of the kingdom does not mean that we will solve every problem in the world. Or even that every seed we plant will grow up into the potential that it has. But for those seeds that we scatter that do mature, each one has the potential to change someone's life. And it matters a great deal to that person. To those people, the people who experience the seeds of the kingdom that you have scattered. And our planting does not have to be the most elaborate gesture of contrived ideals. Not every seed that's scattered is a result of a programmed ministry as a church that has funds and staff that support it. It could be like that time in 1987 when Princess Diana was visiting an AIDS ward at a moment in history where still not much was known about HIV or AIDS. In the early days of the disease, people were afraid to tell their friends or close family that they had contracted it because it was so taboo. Maybe you remember that time. There was such a stigma that was cast on those that were infected to the point that the general population were afraid to be in the same room as those that were HIV positive. But then one day, Princess Diana was visiting a hospital and this scene was recently recreated in the most recent season of The Crown. I have not yet seen it. Somebody told me about it. Now I want to go watch it. Because what happened was she was there in this part of the hospital where those who had contracted AIDS were kept and were being tended to. And Princess Diana leaned over and hugged a boy and began crying for him because the nurses said he would likely never be adopted because of the fear around his infection. And that he even lacked any physical interaction because people were too scared. 
And so with her broken heart, she leaned over and hugged him. And photographers took pictures, and those witnessing it were speechless and in tears. Because there in that moment was genuine human connection and empathy. It was a person taking a moment to show decency to someone who was outcast. She went on to shake hands with many other adults who were HIV positive to show the world that these were not people to be feared or discarded or mistreated. It was just a hug, just some handshakes. But those were seeds of the kingdom that grew large enough that we're still talking about them today. Simple acts of kindness like a small mustard seed. And whereas we tend to think of planting seeds and scattering seeds for the kingdom as things that we do, actions we take, gifts we give, sometimes it might actually be something we decide not to do. Sometimes we might have the urge to do something that we know will cause harm. So instead, we decide to do nothing at all. During the Civil War, General George Meade had the chance to defeat Robert E. Lee at the Battle of Gettysburg and was ordered to do as much by President Lincoln himself. But he hesitated. He questioned the strategy, and General Lee escaped. In his frustration, Abraham Lincoln wrote this to the general. My dear general, I do not believe you appreciate the magnitude of the misfortune involved in Lee's escape. He was within our easy grasp, and to have closed upon him would, in connection with our other late successes, have ended the war. As it is, the war will be prolonged indefinitely. If you could not safely attack Lee last Monday, how could you possibly do so south of the river? Your golden opportunity is gone, and I am distressed immeasurably because of it. Can you imagine getting a letter like that from your boss, let alone the President of the United States? But the thing is, General Meade never read that letter because President Lincoln never sent it. It was his habit to write things down that made him angry and then either file them away or throw them in the trash. He instead sent a letter of encouragement. And instead of removing him from command, as he had done with previous generals, he motivated him, which compelled General Meade to a decisive victory soon thereafter. There may be plenty of times when we think that we need to go out of our way to tell someone else how they are doing wrong, how they have upset us, or how their decision was the incorrect one. Or if someone has a different opinion or tradition or acts in ways that are different than us, we might feel compelled to set them straight, to comment on their post. But maybe the kingdom seeds we can spread is to not do that, to not pile on to the hate, to not add to the vitriol. Let us not contribute to the noise of negativity. Instead, let us either refrain from saying something that will be hurtful or find something constructive to offer that will aid the conversation rather than provide more toxicity. And I do hear the argument where some people will say at times that silence is complicity. And I'm not sure that that's always true. Especially in a world where it is filled with hate, adding more hate to the rhetoric I don't think solves anything. Instead, finding solutions 
building relationships, scattering seeds, can be much more constructive. Friends, as we begin to wrap up this conversation about the idea of planting seeds of the kingdom, have you noticed what kind of seeds these are? They're not magic beans. They're not common vegetables. These are not the seeds that yield sod for our yards, nor do they produce trees that will dispense miracles. These are the seeds that create fruit, a very specific kind of fruit in the church we call the fruit to the Spirit. These seeds produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that make up the kingdom of God. These are the seeds we should be planting. And here's the thing. When we spread these seeds of the Spirit around, they will not always find fertile soil. When you show kindness to a neighbor, it might not be appreciated and it might not ever be reciprocated. But that's not the point. Your job is not to do the accepting of the gift. It's to do the giving. Whether it's a financial gift or a hug or a kind word, once it's given, it's gone. It's no longer yours to control. That's what makes it a gift. God does the same thing for us every day. Every day God gives us love and grace and God does not force us to accept it or to reciprocate. God just gives it freely. And it's up to us what to do with it. When you do the work of planting kindness, of being generous, of showing love or anything else that's a product of God's kingdom, it's a release like planting the mustard seed in the ground. We're not holding on to show everybody how holy we are. We're giving away as a means of practicing our holiness. Earlier we began this service with a call to worship centered around Psalm 23. And I want to end this sermon with it as well. And pay special attention to the final verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Other translations say, surely goodness and loving kindness. Think about it. That's what the kingdom looks like. This whole passage is the psalmist describing to us the kingdom of God, the kingdom where God protects us, provides for us, leads us, takes us where we need to be, where we do not have to fear. It is the reality that we are surrounded by goodness and mercy, surrounded by loving kindness. Christ came to make that kingdom known on earth as it is in heaven. And now the, world, the, the role of the church in the world is to do the same. It is to spread the seeds of that kingdom. How do we do that? 
It's not by trying to degrade our neighbor's opinions or their self-image. It's not by spewing hateful rhetoric in somebody, against somebody else's religious beliefs or their life decisions. It is not through violence or the compulsions of power. It's by planting seeds of kindness. It's by expressing God's goodness through our words and deeds. It is by loving others and bringing about joy, being patient and slow to anger, bearing one another, bearing with one another to bring about peace, practicing self-control. So I ask you this morning, how much scattering have you been doing lately? How many seeds have you been planting in the ground? Have you tried to be too strategic with your planting? Trying to decide who should get these seeds and who should not? Who deserves it and who doesn't? Have you taken a season off from planting because you just are enjoying the fruits of the kingdom for yourself? Have you given up because it seems like all the seeds of kindness you scatter land on pavement and none of them take root in the ground. This morning, I pray that we will be a church that takes seriously the work of showing the world that all people are meant to dwell in goodness and mercy. That the seeds of the Spirit are available for everyone to bear the fruits. May we take heart even in the difficult seasons and continue the good work even when it seems like none of our efforts are taking root. Because I believe that even when we scatter seeds that we can't see the fruit from, God can still be doing things that we might never see. So may we have faith that God may yet bring, be bearing fruit from our efforts. And that because of our work to try to show the world love and kindness, goodness, the kingdom of God will be known on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.